Today I'd like to, to start off, let's start off in prayer this morning and uh, let's open our hearts to, to the Lord. Dear Grace of the Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord, and just ask you to just open our hearts and our minds, Lord, as we dive into your word this morning, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with me this morning as I prepare your message here, Lord, and give it to your people, Lord, and I just ask that you just be with us as we ask all these things in your blessed name, amen. All right, this doesn't get any easier. I'm still just as nervous as I was the first time I was up here. Uh, today I'm going to be preaching out of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, it's going to be verses 3 to 7. Uh, perhaps you've read these verses a few times in your life. I know I've, I've looked over them quite a few times in mine, but um, here recently it kind of hit me the other day when I was looking at this, and, and God kind of spoke to me uh, uh, kind of told me, you know, son, take a look at this. You know, tell me, tell me what you think. And so I read it and I meditated on it and I thought about it. And uh, you know, as I got to reading, I can see young Timothy. He was a young pastor, uh, a friend of Paul. Um, and as he was going on, he w he faced difficulties in his life, uh, just like any of us can uh, in our Christian life. You know, this problem can, can come in many different ways, uh, can be described in, in, in different things, uh, can be different names. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to share with you today, is um, how we can identify some problems and maybe some solutions to them. So. You know, I often hear my daughter say to me, you know, Dad, I wish I was a guy. And I say, why is that, honey? And she'd be real quick to tell you, you know, Dad, you guys, y'all just got it easy. I said, really? Why is that? Well, you know, on Sunday mornings, you and Grant, y'all get to sleep in the bed till right up before we go. Me and Mama's been up for hours. We've been doing our hair, getting our makeup on, and all this stuff. And y'all just get to sleep in. Y'all got it so easy. I just look at her and say, well, you know, baby, I can't help it that God makes me look this good when I roll out of bed. <laughs> I don't always tell her something like that. But. <laughs> but it's true, you know, us guys, sometimes we do have things easier than, than, than the ladies, right? But not always, you know, we don't always. We all, uh, whether you're a mom or wife or husband, father, whatever, we all have our moments where things aren't, uh, aren't always easy for us, right? Uh, that's kind of way it is, uh, you know, with me being a father and, and the man of the house. You know, I'm supposed to be the one that's the fixed point of the family. And, you know, when I think about that, that's probably harder than having to get up and go sweat all day in the sun or do, do any work is, is to be the, try to be the one. I'm not always the one. A lot of times Leah is, you know, but I try to be the man of the house as much as possible. Um, but when you're when you're dealing with that, when you're when you're dealing with when things go wrong, you know, when you get that bad news that that you know something's happened or you're stressed out about something, or uh, I try my best not to to bring it home to my family. I try not to let them see that that it's bothering me. You know, I try to be the strong one when I can. You know, I don't want them to have to worry that that something's going to happen. I want them to know that everything's going to be okay. 
And, you know, that's, that's tough sometimes. You know, it, it gets rough. But I want them to know that they can count on me. You know, I'm usually the type of person that when I get out on my own later, that's, that's when I fall apart, when I'm off by myself, even though whatever just happened might be killing me on the inside or I might be about to break down. I don't want them to see that. So I, I'm the type of person that, that will fall apart later when I'm by myself. And some of you here might be that way. Some of you men and some of you ladies might be like that. Um, but that's kind of the way it's been here lately. You know, here lately I've been kind of down. I've been kind of discouraged. Uh, me and Leah's been talking a little bit. And she talks a little more. I try to, try to be the strong one. You know, even though it's bothering me, it really bothers me bad. But I, I try to be the strong one about it. But, but it does bother me. And it doesn't change the fact that... that there are some challenges that we face. Uh, as most of you know, you know, I've been working with the youth for, I can't even count how many years. I mean, it's been seven, eight, nine. Um, but I've had a blast getting to know the kids that have come through my class. You know, when I first started out, I had Clay. Clay was my only student. You know, even though he was one, I felt like I had 20. You know, and then Clay started bringing his buddy Dylan. But then I had two. And it went on like that. And then something happened. You know, God, God started sending me more kids. Garrison come up. And then I got Nolan and Savannah. Then I got Grant. You know, he got old enough to come in my class. I had Emily, Manoas. You know, I had so many kids. I had Parker and Gabby. Ethan and Talon, Delta and Emily, Parker, and then Blaine. You know, and these kids, they became like another family that God had sent to me. You know, to me and my family, you know, it was somebody we got to share things with and do things with, and, and we just had a good time. I've gotten to see most of them grow, grow up through all this. And then the other day I walked in and roll time had changed a few weeks ago. And most of my kids had grown up and moved on. At one time I had 15 kids, now I'm down to four. <laughs> but that's okay. I know I, know, I know I can't keep them forever. You know, but it still, it still leaves a void in my heart. You know, because I got to be with them. I've, I've shared some amazing times with you guys. You know, I, I've got to be there in the moments when when we worshiped together, you know, when we, we had emotional times together. I've been able to counsel some of these kids and cry with them. And, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's tough when, when you guys can move up and get older on me. But I knew it was going to happen one day, but <laughs> I wasn't prepared for it. Um, even though, you know, most of you guys haven't gone that far, most of you are, are right across the hall, down, down the hall from me, or, or in, the, in the town somewhere, I just want you to know from, from me and Miss Leah that, that you always have a place in our family and that we love all of y'all dearly. But even though I'm left with a void, and it kind of feels like, you know, I, I got the wind knocked out of me all of a sudden. You know, I know I must keep on. I know I must keep on. I'm, I have other kids, and, you know, I have to be strong for them, and, and we've got a whole, whole other life to go. 
And that's kind of what I want to bring to Scripture today. You know, I want to I want to share with y'all some of the things that that Timothy might have been facing um, that was causing him pain. You know, maybe his fire at one point isn't shining as bright as it once was. Um, so if you don't mind, let's let's stand as we read Second Timothy chapter one, uh, verse three to seven. says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers tonight, prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Amen. Maybe today you're not here, you're not facing a, a discouraging moment in your life like I'm going through. You know, maybe you're facing something else uh, that's, that's caused you uh, to lose some of the fire, some of the gust that you once had in your soul. You know, maybe you're facing a life of sin that you're having trouble dealing with. Um, maybe you're just kind of gotten settled in and you're just become cold. You're indifferent. You know, the Bible describes this as, as being lukewarm. As I was reading about this, um, can tell you that that Jesus pretty much said in Revelations that that he doesn't like lukewarmness. You know we're not we're not supposed to be that way. Revelations three fifteen, Jesus said this to his church. He says, "I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth." That's a scary thought to think that, that we can get so complacent in who we are and the way we're serving that we can become lukewarm. You know, I, I don't like thinking that, that Jesus would spew me out of his mouth, you know, because of the way I'm living my life or the way I'm serving. You know, so we need to be careful with that. As I read on in Revelations, though, I've seen where Jesus give, give an answer to that, to lukewarmness. And the solution that he said to them was, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Perhaps you're here today, you're not lukewarm, but you'd be honest enough to yourself to admit that you are becoming cold. Or you'd be admit that your faith wasn't what it once was. If that's the case, the Bible also offers answers to that. In our text we read today, Paul tells Timothy to stir up the gift that was inside him. To fan the, fan the flames, right? Stir the coals up. Just like a fireplace. I wish I had a fireplace now. I don't. 
but I did get to use one recently in, uh, in the last ice storm that we just had. Uh, we had just moved into our new home, and everything's electric in this thing. So, uh, didn't get the fireplace I wanted at the time, but, you know, maybe next time. But the first night, I was very careful to make sure I run the water. I made sure it wasn't just a drip. I, I did a stream. I even opened up the cabinets, tried to make sure the heat get in there, you know. I wasn't too worried about losing power. I figured we'd be okay on that because we did pretty good during the hurricane, so I was hoping we wouldn't lose power. But if I could keep the water going, we, we'd be fine. So I got up the next morning. All my pipes were still running. I'm like, all right, we're going to be okay. Well, I went back about an hour later, and this is after the sun had come up. Water was still dripping, so I turned it on full blast, ran full blast, and then all of a sudden it started going went to a drip. I was like, you got to be kidding me. How did you go all night long in the freezing cold and make it through that point and then all of a sudden just freeze up? So so I get on my gear. I'm outside. It is snowing and sleet, and I'm out there with a deer heater. I'm under the house. I'm trying to thaw the pipe out. Doesn't do any good. So I'm like, well, I guess we'll have to go back to, to Dad's house. So we, we load up, we stop and pick my grandmother up, get to the house, and got a bunch of wood on the porch, so I immediately go in there and I start getting a fire going, you know, so we can run during the day, keep warm. And, you know, it's, it's something nice about having a good, cozy, warm fire when it's cold outside. But that wood, it was burning real, real quick on me. It was real, it's about four years old. Nobody's really burned wood there, so it was burning up just as fast as I could, you know, wasn't long, it was, it was gone. But I kept having to go over there, and I had to get that, that fire poker. You know the little tools we keep to the right of the fireplace? It's got four of them on there, but we only use maybe one or two. I don't know what the other ones are used for. But I use the poker and the shovel. But as I stir these flames up, you know, it, it gets hotter. I can throw some more wood in there. I often have to tell Parker not to play with that because she likes to poke the fire a lot. But we also have to do this just like we would with a real fireplace. We've got to do this for ourselves. We have to do this for our spiritual fire that's in us. You know, we, have to, we have to stir the coals every now and then. So we can be brightly lit for the world, for ourselves, for our brothers and sisters, for our family, our community. There's a few indicators I want to discuss with you that might point out if you're starting to get cold. The first one is your Bible reading. Do you read your Bible anymore? I mean, when's the last time you sat down to actually read your Bible? I mean, was it last Sunday when Brother Richard was here preaching and he asked you to stand up? I mean, do we desire to hear from God? What about your prayer life? Are you praying anymore? you pray for others? Are you hearing from God that way at all? What about your attendance? You know, we show up to church a lot, but are we really here? Are we worshiping with our hearts, with our spirits, with our minds? Or are we just somebody sitting in a pew? 
because of Sunday and that's what we're supposed to do. You know, also recently dealing with COVID, you see you see numbers go down. You know, people don't want to get out. They don't want they don't want to get sick. But they get complacent. They start they start sitting at home. They're watching it on this social media that we have. They don't have to get dressed. They can sit at home in their pajamas. If we're not careful with that, we can come where we don't want to come to church because we think we're getting the same experience, but you're not. If you're not here in person with your brothers and sisters, doing life together, physical contact with one another, worshiping together, it's not the same. What about our tithes? Is our tithes slacked off or com- stopped completely? Are we giving our treasures that we have to the Lord from the blessings that He's given us? What about sharing Jesus? Do you, do you even share Jesus with anyone anymore? Do you care to? Do you have that desire to want to share the gospel with someone? Or have we gotten to a point in our lives that it just doesn't matter? Or we're afraid. We're afraid to tell someone. We're afraid of rejection. How about how you feel anymore? Can you feel God? Do you have a desire to even feel Him? Or has your heart grown so cold that it don't matter? You know, if if your heart's grown cold, chances are me telling you about it ain't doing no good because you already know about it. The Holy Spirit's already convicted you of it. You already know that you're sitting there and you know you're cold. It's already been revealed to you. But you don't have to be ashamed because it happens to any of us. It's happened to me on multiple occasions happened to some of the best men and women in, in, in the faith. And you can look back through history. Some of the greatest men and women have dealt with spiritual burnout. They've dealt with, you know, despair, suffering, all kinds of things. You know, when your fire is burning bright, you, you can't seem to pray enough. You can't, you can't get enough of God's word, in, you know, in your life. You cheerfully want to give your time, your talent, your treasures. All you can think about is the Lord. You want to speak with Him. And you can't wait to share somebody. You want, you want to tell somebody about Him. You want to tell about the great things that He's done for you. You want to tell about the great things that He can do for them. You know, but when we start to grow cold, these things aren't a priority anymore. And if we're not careful to stir the coals up, to stir up the gift that God gave you, you might just find yourself out of God's will completely. You might find yourself in a very lonely, dark place. And some of you might already be there right now. You know, once that fire that burned bright, but now you want to avoid spiritual things altogether. You're no longer committed to the church. You don't care. You've abandoned your place of service.
You can't even hear God anymore. You can't hear him because your heart's hard. You've lost your joy. You might not have lost your salvation, but you've lost your happiness. You're missing out on God's blessings. And more than likely, you're having a negative impact on those people around you too. You know, today, if you're here and you feel like you've grown cold, you feel like that flame isn't what it once was, I want you to know that there is hope for you. We can find hope in, in Jesus. And I think the first step that we can look at is, is look back at how the fire started in you. You see, the Apostle Paul encouraged Timothy to take a moment and remember the beginnings of his faith. Timothy had a very rich history of faith in his family. Through his grandmother, then his mother. Remember where your faith came from. Just like Paul told Timothy. We often forget we, why we do what we do when we begin, begin to grow cold. We forget that we're servants of our Lord Jesus Christ. We get into a routine. We like to hit the cruise control, just coast. Just come on and do what we got to do, get back so we can hit our Sunday nap. We get to where our service is not about the Lord, it's about serving out of obligation. So like Timothy, we need to remember our faith. We need to take a moment and remember the joy that we first felt. Do you remember the joy when you first felt, met, met Jesus? Do you remember that? I, I, I do. I remember the peace. I remember the, the weight that come off of me. I remember the tears that I shed. Take a moment and remember where your joy was the first time that you met Jesus today. I want you to remember back to how the hope that you experienced and the love that you felt. I want you to remember how you were honored and privileged to serve the Lord. Your willingness to obey Him, do the things He asked. Remember that desire that you had, that intense burden to share the gospel with someone. You not remember what it felt like to want to share the gospel with someone? The excitement of it? Remember who you were before you met the Lord. Remember where you came from. And remember what he did for you and what he's done through you. I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be safe to say that the Lord could be here right now and you individuals have touched someone's lives through what he's done through you. I mean, there's, there's no telling how many lives that you people have touched just in your time on this earth. And I want you all to remember that this morning.
that if you're, you're growing cold, I want you to remember where you came from and who, who you are. And that could be the first step in finding a spark that lights you back on fire. Another thing that can affect us, make us grow cold, scared to serve the Lord, is fear. But well, we have to rise above fear. In verse 7 in our scripture today, it says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You see, Timothy, he needed some encouragement. And for this reason, Paul instructed him to stir up this gift. Timothy had become fearful. But Paul said that God doesn't give us a, fear, a spirit of fear. You see, the early Christians, they were facing great persecution. And I, and, I, and I can imagine that this was a very intense burden on Timothy having to deal with that and trying to serve the Lord. I, I couldn't even imagine if we had to deal right here in this town hiding and to be a Christian. That we would die if we walked out there and, and had to give our life just for serving God. I can't, even, I can't imagine a young pastor having to deal with that. That, that had been just unbelievable. But I want you to remember, if you're tempted by fear, that's not from God. In fact, Jesus promised us that when we believe in him, we would have power. Power by the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of this earth. You know, some of us won't even witness because we're scared of fear. We won't share the gospel with someone because we're scared they're going to reject us. We're scared of what they might say about us. But we have to rise above that. Some won't serve God due to fear. You're scared you're going to fail. But fear doesn't come from God. Fear will prevent you from attempting what you could have for God's kingdom. If today is the case of fear, spiritual burnout, coldness, despair. It's time to relight your fire today. You know, some of you in here, though, I can tell your fire is burning just as bright as ever. I've met some of you, and I pray that one day I'll always get to be just like you. And I thank God every day for people like you because we need you. We'd be in a world of trouble if all of us weren't shining bright, wouldn't we? But I want you to know, if you're here today and you're, you're shining bright, you're where you need to be, there's also a message in our scripture for you. And that's that those who are strong spiritually have a responsibility to help those who are struggling spiritually. 
And that's what we can see Paul doing with his friend Timothy. Paul said, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. See, Paul, he was Timothy's mentor. He was his spiritual father. In 1 Timothy, if we look back, the very first letter that he wrote Timothy, he called him his son in faith. But these men, they were more than just associates. They were more than just missionaries together. They were very dear friends. And Paul says that he was mindful of Timothy's tears. He knew all about the issues that Timothy was facing as he was serving the Lord. And Paul loved Timothy, and he was greatly burdened for his friend. The Christian life can bring moments of difficulty, discouragement, and despair for us. And because of that, we need good Christian friends beside us. We need y'all during times of struggle, and we need y'all for words of encouragement for us. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toll. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has no one to lift him up. We need good Christian friends in times of struggle. We must also be a friend to those who are facing times of trouble. When we see a brother or sister who is suffering or struggling, we should pray for them. Not only should we pray for them, we need to pray with them. We need to encourage them. And sometimes it is necessary to call them out. I mean, when you see them, they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, you know it's not good for them, it's okay. It's okay to walk up and say something to them. Say, look, this ain't good for your life. Let me pray with you. That's what being a friend is, is watching out for one another. We all have the opportunity to be a friend like Paul was to Timothy. Maybe some of y'all in here today can help someone find that. Maybe you can help them find their faith again. You can help them find that, that, that fire they once had. There's one final thing that we need to do, though, if we do want to reignite our flame, get ourselves back on the track. And that's we got to repent. We have to repent and we have to return to Jesus. Verse 6 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See, the gift that Timothy needed to stir up, it came from God. Because Timothy was a child of God, and everything that he had was from God. And we are no different. The gifts that God has given us, we need to stir up. We are children of God, and we are to use those gifts to serve Him. And if we're not using our own gifts that He gives us to serve Him, then what good are we doing? James 1.17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. 
So when we get these gifts, we need to use them for the Lord, what he intended them for. Notice that Paul didn't tell Timothy to start a fire, did he? Told him to stir up what he had. Stir up what was already burning inside. You know, this, this fire that I'm talking about, you've experienced it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That begins at the moment that you convert, you're converted. The moment you, Jesus comes into your life. I mean, you well up. You feel full for a change. You don't feel empty. Use the gifts that God gives you to serve Him. If you can teach, teach. If you can sing, sing. I'm sure Brother Larry would love to have some more choir members. I'm not going to join. I was scared they was going to click me on while I was down there. But, but use your gifts. If you can help in any way, help. If you can work in the nursery, work in the nursery. If you're good with children, they need help down there. God give each and every one of us some kind of gift to use. Don't waste it. Use it for what God give it to you for. Use it to serve Him. There's nothing that God can't that we can't do with God with the gifts He's given. He's given us everything we need to do anything. And we have no right to abandon him and not use the things that he's given us. So how is your faith today? Would you admit that, that you're not burning as brightly as you should be? Or you once was? If so, please remember what I said. Think back on how your fire started. Remember where you came from. Rise above fear. Don't let fear hold you back from doing what you need to do. It's not from God. And repent and return to the Father. Maybe you're here today and you can't can't ignite a fire you don't even have a clue what fire i'm talking about you've never felt it you've never experienced it because you don't know jesus he's not your personal savior i want you to know that today you do have that opportunity and i would love to be able to be the one to introduce him to you Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And that means that he came for you. You see, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God demonstrated his love toward us. And while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. And that is a promise that can apply to you today, just like it applied to the rest of us. You can be saved today can be delivered from your sin all you have to do is surrender your life give your life to Jesus today and you can be saved dear gracious heavenly father
We come to you today, Lord. And we just ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts, Lord, that we can examine our lives. We can see who we were, Lord, and who we are now in you, Lord. Lord, I pray that if any of my brothers and sisters here today have experienced what I've talked about, Lord, that you will help them reignite that fire in their soul, Lord. You will help them rekindle what was once burning bright. Lord, I pray that you would be with us, Lord, in everything that we do. Lord, I pray that you would be with those that are lost in our communities and throughout this world, Lord. Lord, I pray that we can be that shining light for them, that beacon in the darkness. Lord, with heavy hearts, Lord, I just ask you just to, just to really press this on our minds, Lord. Let us remember what you've done for us. What you've done through us, Lord, just like you did for Timothy. We ask all these things in your blessed name.